The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. And co-host Laura Shepard on Absolute Living as they talk each week about putting principles into action in every decision we make. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening with us today. We're glad that you're joining us, and we've got a great program for you as usual. Please visit us on Facebook. You can uh, write on the Spirit of Recovery wall, and also you can join in the discussion. There's always a new discussion thread about the week's topic, and we welcome you to make your comments. Thanks so much for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about Spirit of Recovery. We are loving broadcasting on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio, unity.fm. So thanks for spreading the word, and we are just delighted when we hear from you, when we get your emails, or when you call in with a comment or a question, and we're glad to know that what we're doing is making a difference for you. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, and uh, people that have spiritual insights and spiritual practices that give you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, so if you are a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member or if you're a family member or friend of somebody that's Uh, got the disease of addiction, whether or not they're in recovery, or if you're simply somebody who's interested in the process of recovery and you just want to learn more, we welcome you here at the Spirit of Recovery and we welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor and also I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles. And that walk keeps richly transforming my life and blesses me in many, many ways. So, uh, again, I'm very grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery. Also, on every show, we have a drawing and we give away a recovery book, and those are donated to us by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation. That's www.hazelden.org. And a big thank you to Hazelden for donating the books. And today's book is called The Spiritual Self Reflections on Recovery and God, and the author is Abraham Tversky. 
Um, he's a great author. He's uh, worked for many, many years in the field of recovery and has lots of profound insights. So if you'd send us an email at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or give us a call at 888-558-6489, we'd be happy to put your name in for the drawing and we'd love to send you that book. And be aware that if you write in uh, just to get in or call in for the drawing or if you call or email us in, uh, with a comment or question for my guests that we keep that information confidential and um, we don't uh, disclose that to anybody. So we'd love to have you uh, email or call in about the book or also just to give a comment to our guests. And any time during this show is a good time to do that. So today my guest is Paul A. And our topic is Growing in Spirit, Opening the Heart. And Paul A. is a recovering person. He's got 13 years uh, in recovery, and uh, he is definitely grateful for that, and he really does put in the footwork for that. He's gonna, he is a person that's focused on service, that he is a person who's focused on spiritual growth and development. He's a longtime Unity student and participant, and he is somebody that's very active in recovery and in participating in life. Paul also has over a year of survivor uh, as a cancer survivor, and he is participating in a wonderful service organization called Us Too, and he's going to be talking with us about that today. It's a great support network and for men, and you will be uh, just delighted to hear all the good stuff that he has to say about that. So, Paul, thank you so much for joining us today on Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're here. Oh, thank you very much. And I guess we first met, I was actually, uh, my wife and I had moved up here to buy a house in Olympia, and I was looking to buy a washer and dryer, and it was on Fern Street, and they had a little sign there that said, Unity, you know, with a little arrow. I didn't know Unity from Unification or Unitarian or whatever. I really did not know anything about it. But I went down to the church, and I looked in there, and... uh, I'll tell you the thing that really got to me, because that next Sunday, Monica and I came to the church, and when we stood up and were welcomed, and uh, and and people could see the God or good in us, you know, it just lit me up, and I knew I was home. So that was really, you know, really part of the spiritual path. Uh, my recovery path started long, long before this. I actually started in 1979. And if you figure I'm I'm coming up on 14 years in September, you can do the math and know that I had some problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the thing I think there's a couple of things that I really want to make a point of. One of which is uh, don't give up. You know, just like um, you know, I I went out and got 30 days and 60 days and 90 days and six months and eight months and 14 months and 17. You know, I just had a real hard time at it and. Uh, I think my ego is just fighting this thing. I certainly didn't want to be an alcoholic in recovery. I just wanted to try and get some of the pressure off. But at some point or another, you know, I just kept coming back. People would say, you know, we love you. Keep coming back. And, you know, one of the things we say in recovery is that we love you until you can love yourself. And I would say from my own experience that from the unity principles that there's God in every one of us, it could be easily said that there is good in each one of us, and I certainly didn't know that when I came in. And uh, people would say that, you know, I mean, in one way or another, they'd say keep coming back, and it really was that there is God or good in each one of us, and we just need to be able to peel that stuff away and get rid of the shame. So it's been, a, it, you know, it's been a spiritual path. And, and I would say that unity has just been an evolution of, of my spirituality, you know, over the years. Right. What you spoke about when, when you and, and your wife first came to the church that you felt that you, you really felt like you came home, that people saw God in you. Yeah. What, how did that, I mean, how did you know that? What was that like? Was it an well, emotion? Well, you or, know, they welcome what? people. You know, in the beginning of the service, they ask if anyone is new either to that particular, uh, you know, service. And then we stand up and then make an a- the whole church makes an affirmation. But somehow it rocked with me, you know what I mean? It hit me in the core, and uh, I just knew that I was home. 
I have uh, I have ran from fundamental, uh, you know, Christianity, and I don't want to say that in a bad way because our code is love and tolerance. But you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, they're trying. There's some some religions that are trying to keep people from going to hell, and and I think for us in recovery, we've been to hell and don't want to go back. You know. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about uh, doing what we can do to, uh, you know, clean up uh, clean up the past and then live rightly uh, under a set of principles. I find the principles, uh, you know, within AA to be very concurrent with the kind of principles I have within unity. I think there's a couple things that happen, and, and, and they're very important in terms of, I would say, any recovery. I think there's some 212 licensed 12-step programs, but... I'd say one of the strongest things that happens, and that is to go from a victim mentality, kind of like wait till your father comes home, and that was the kind of religion that I was born or, you know, and raised with, which is there was some punishment down the road and you're going to get it, to uh, actually co-creating. In other words, forming uh, a relationship with a higher power of my own understanding. So that means... How am I going to make this thing up? And what I've learned over the years is that now I have I have uh, three of my own children and I have two stepchildren, and I know for myself that no matter what my children would do or not do, I will always love them. And that's the kind of God that I have. That's the kind of higher power that I have in my life. We talk about being happy, joyous, and free. I think abundant too is, is is okay. You know, you could just have it all, and um, but to go from the victim, they're doing it to me, to oh, I've got some cause, I've got some, uh, you know, rather than uh, you know blame or guilt or any of that stuff, but actually being at cause, I have something to say about what happens in my life, and if I'm willing, <laughs> the only way I got that power is to turn over to God, and then I got it. Mm-hmm. Right. You and, know, what's, do you have a recollection of, of an early time when you moved from that, from you had an awakening or an aha about, wow, I'm not, I'm not, don't have to just live constantly as a victim, that I do have a say that well, I can make a I, I difference. Gotta, I got to say, it, it's kind of a, a, you know, a practical sense. Because I read in the, uh, the variety of spiritual experience, and I've heard about people who get a uh, kind well, of a, of uh, an experience, you know, with this white light and all of a sudden God is there for them or, you know, their life shifts and change. They go through a transformation. For me, it was actually working through the 12 steps and doing the work on my part. And what had happened was, you know, in the beginning I said I had a hard time because basically all I was doing was not drinking. And so I was white-knuckling my way every day, and it was just like this... uh, this intense struggle, but I knew I was committed to it, so I kept coming back and kept trying to do the work. At some point, my spiritual experience was that the obsession to do drugs and alcohol was lifted. I had some peace of mind. You know, I just didn't have that. I didn't wake up what I'm, what I'm going to call the yayas, you know, where you just got to have it. Mm-hmm. And we could be addicted to all sorts of things, but my particular thing was alcohol mm-hmm. and drugs. And um, and when I didn't have that anymore, that's that's what I say I had my spiritual experience. So it occurred over time. They talk about it being, you know, a, a knowledge-based or information or I don't know what all that stuff is. I just know that after time, after having done the steps, that that disappeared for me. And now I could start to work on, you know, my life and, and uh, you know, I was over the shame and the guilt and all that stuff just kind of disappeared out of the work that I did. So, Right. I know. But, thank you for talking about, I'm going to use the label relapse um, in that time yeah. when you, you know, when you were get going, getting into sobriety. You know, I, I know that uh, the current thinking really is that oftentimes, uh, well, that, that relapse isn't a defeat. It's a, it's a part often of the process, not not for everybody, but a lot of times it is part of the process. And the main thing is to get up one more time than you than you fell down. And, yeah. um, I, well, you know, point, uh, you know, you know, when kids learn how to walk, that's exactly it. 
when they learn how to stand up, they don't go, oh, my God, I've, I have failed again, so I'm never going to try and stand up. No, they just try and get up again. And I right. think that's really at the heart of what it is for us in terms of that, that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. God wants us to be so, sober and live a full life. And so we just need to keep getting back up again. We just need to keep getting back up again. Well, there's some things that happen. You know, uh, I know there's some different kinds of, uh, you know, bumper stickers, but I say shift happens, S-H-I-F-T, mm-hmm. shift happens, or transformation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, I, and I'll just give a couple examples of how, how, how I understand it. And the All first right. one would be learning to ride a bicycle, and that's another one of those get back on the machine again and, and, and keep going. But, you know, I can remember, I don't know if it was my older brother or my dad, but somebody was sitting behind the seat and holding me up saying, you know, what you need to do is, uh, you know, pedal the pedals, balance yourself, and, and work the handlebars, you know, and I'd fall and I'd get back up again. But there's a moment of transformation, and that's when I'm talking about the shift and I think that happens within us uh, addicts or users or whatever, people in recovery, that at some point, and I don't know when it is, and I'm sure it occurs in time, but I don't know what time it is, you know, but there's a shift that occurs where the stuff that you're trying to do now works, you know, that you're now a bicycle rider. If I don't care if you're 90 years old. You could probably get on a bicycle and ride because you're a, a, you're a bicycle rider. And then, and then on a larger scale, I look to, uh, you know, even physics to say, you know, what is that? How, how, how would you, uh, you know, how would you understand that? Well, if we're going to send something to the moon, we actually send a rocket around the Earth. You know, it orbits and orbits and orbits until it finally breaks free of our, uh, of our gravitational pull. And the inertia that gets us past that pull into the, into the pull of the moon is called a, uh, God, I can't think of it now. <laughs> but anyhow, it's a, it's, it's a shift, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a shift going from, one, going from one gravitational pull to the other. So what we tried to do before wouldn't work, and all, all of a sudden that stuff works. And I think there is a pull, you know. People, you know, people could say, well, you know, if you're not sure whether you're an alcoholic, maybe you should go out and do some controlled drinking. You know, that may be true because <laughs> it's kind of like this. You can always tell an alcoholic. You just can't tell them much, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, it's real hard. We have to hit our bottom somehow where it's absolutely hopeless and there's no other way to do, and then we submit we surrender. We let God take over. Let God, you know, run the run the deal because we pride everything ourselves. And I think that's a kind of uh, it's a kind of thing that occurs. You know, I call it transformation. You know, I don't think I don't think it was a popular thing back in 1939 to talk about transformation. So it doesn't doesn't list. But I say it happens. It occurs for people. I tell you, there's nothing more beautiful than to watch that. You know, go to enough meetings to watch people come through and have the light go on, if you will. You know, that, yeah, they're going to stay sober and they're going to do what it takes to have that happen. So, right. It's, it's like getting popped it. into a different dimension almost. Like, yeah, like it is to a different dimension. And, and uh, well, I guess you can go back. <laughs> The only problem is, I know I had a friend of mine. She got about three and a half years sobriety and decided on a Friday night to get a jug of whiskey, and by Sunday she was dead. Her body just couldn't mm-hmm. handle, you know, the amount of drinking that she used to do. So, I don't. I'm not all for relapse. <laughs> no. <laughs> you need to go out and learn that thing. I know when I came back to meetings, you know, after I was, uh, you know, out for a day or two, I'd always come back and they'd all, you know, I'd come back and go, "Oh, I really learned something. Oh, that's great." Keep coming back <laughs> until mm-hmm. it happens, you know. Right, and that's the and that's, beauty. Yeah, that's the welcoming part of that of the program, and the thing that's really that really matters. It's time for our break, so we're going to take a short break okay. right now. But when we come back, we'll start with the Serenity Minute, and then we'll keep on talking to my guest Paul A about growing in spirit, opening the heart. And uh, please uh, give us a call or send us an email. We do get those, and we'd be happy to take your comments and put your name in the drawing for the book. We'll be right back.
If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Today I stand firmly in my faith. I meet life courageously and confidently, seeing beyond appearances to underlying good. Through faith I overcome every limitation. I know that God's power within me is greater than any situation I may have to meet or overcome. God is greater than any condition or circumstance. Through faith I am fearless and free. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. What if everything on the big TV screen of life could be interpreted metaphysically? What do current events and popular culture signal back to the collective soul of nations and individuals? Join us every Friday for New World Radio, bringing Unity's teachings to the issues of today. The Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett and her weekly guest Christopher Naughton take you on a holistic worldview journey with special guests, real issues, and your phone calls and comments. New World Radio with Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett, Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Growing in Spirit, Opening the Heart. And my guest is Paul A. And Paul A. has uh, almost 14 years in recovery in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, he's a person who really does focus on service, on spiritual growth. He's a, an avid participant in unity, and he's a person that really puts action to his recovery. Also, Paul has over one year as a cancer survivor and is a participant in the group Us Too, and he's going to be talking with us about that today and how that's a really important part also of his recovery process um, in a very full uh, way. So before we get started uh, talking with Paul again, let's take a moment for the Serenity Minute, a moment to focus on a constructive idea, to relax, to allow our minds to rest and be open and refreshed. So I invite you to join me, relax, and hear this constructive idea. I breathe into my heart and let God's love flow. I breathe into my heart and let God's love flow. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I hope that you are refreshed, that you feel yourself more firmly connected to that presence of your higher power that loves you so much. So now we're back with my guest, Paul A. We're talking about growing in spirit, opening the heart. And Paul, could you talk a little bit about what uh, that opening the heart process has been for you? I know in addiction, when when addiction is active, whether it's the person that has the substance uh, addiction or whether it's family members, lots of times the fear and the tension is so great that our hearts are just closed and we're angry and scared. And um, part of recovery is that opening up that heart. How's that work for you? Well, I'll say one of the things is that I, I I had a lot of shame, and I think a lot of people go through this when they're 
when they're doing stuff they know they shouldn't be doing, and I don't mean, uh, you know, that I'm waiting to ask for permission and would rather ask for forgiveness. I'm not talking about that. It's that we live our life in such a way as that we can't fully express ourselves. And so when that, uh, when the, 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 when the addiction is has been released and we can now start to self-express, then we can go ahead and you know become active again in uh, our spirituality or in religion or in service or doing something beyond ourselves. You know, we're not just trying to survive; we're actually trying to make a difference. And so that opportunity has come there. See, the thing about opening the heart, <laughs> the heart's there to love. You know, if I'm trying to figure stuff out, I'm doing it all with my head, and, you know, that hurts my head. You know, I actually needed to change my mind and then just start being able to speak from the heart. And um, I'll, I'll just give an example. I was I was part of, you know, I was part of the Jamboree a few years ago. We moved it from downtown out to a casino. And uh, in the process, one of the guys that we had come up from Los Angeles also bought a sponsor with him. Now, that particular sponsor fell in love with the gal from Olympia, ended up marrying her, moving up here. Now, that would be a miracle in itself. Would it not? A guy would fall in love, and then he would he would move to Olympia and, and continue with his recovery. Well, this particular guy was going out at least once a week, going out to the prisons. And, in fact, he, uh, he worked with this one fellow and brought him to meetings. He also got him a job and got him working. And then it ends up that uh, my wife, in going to school, runs across the same fella. She says, do you know this guy? And I said, yeah, I won't mention his name, but I said, I certainly do know him. Well, it ends up that out of working to support this uh, jamboree, where we had you know 400 people come from all over the area here and listen to speakers and just kind of celebrate our, our sobriety together, this guy not only got married, but he started working in the prisons. And he had a guy make a transition from being a dope dealer and uh, a troublemaker. I mean, this guy was, I wouldn't be with him, you know what I mean? This guy was a rough, tough guy. And, and now he's actually, he's in his second or third year of college and he's starting to be a counselor. Uh, so, you know, we don't know how much of an impact we'll have by doing service of one way or the other. I was on the committee as a marketing manager. We put out 4,000 flyers to get 400 people. And if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. I was under the auspices of my uh, of my uh, sponsor, and that's how I did what I did on that particular deal. We did road trips, and we dropped into clubs from here to Bellevue, you know. And it was just a great experience. But we don't know what the impact of, you know, 12-stepping, in other words, that could be as, as simple as going to a meeting and be a good listening for someone who's just coming in. You know, is there anybody going to listen to my story? You know, somebody coming in, we do listen to it. And then we start to give them some direction in terms of following the instructions in the big book. But, uh, you know, seeing it kind of transformation, that's opening of the heart, is allowing, allowing us to experience love amongst our brothers and sisters. Right, it's making that connection with people, making, you know, getting, building relationships and building caring. (laughs) And seeing people transform, you know, building their life. I want to mention a little bit about uh, us two in uh, prostate cancer, if I might. Yeah, great. Sure, absolutely. want to hear about that. Well, um, you know, I'm 66 years old, so when I was about 60, you know, I'm in the the earlier generation, whatever they call us, uh, you know, baby boomers. But I thought I better get lined lined up with the urologist because they're going to get shorter and shorter. Anyhow, I did. And at one point, he said, "Well, he was watching my PSA, which is a a, a measurement of the antigens that are working against uh, against you know infection in my body." And uh, I'd gone through some changes at work and so forth, and. It ended up that um, through test, through uh, testing and also, uh, you know, biopsies, it was determined that in fact I had prostate cancer. 
we get prostate cancer at the same rate that women get breast cancer, and that's why we have that's why we have what we call us two. So us two, we men get a, a cancer as often as women get breast cancer. And um, so I asked my urologist, you know, did I have too much, too little, or the wrong kind? And that might be kind of rude on the show, but, you know, you want to know if you did something wrong. And he said, no. He said, what happened was your uh, your immune system was compromised. And so evidently the stuff is around, and if uh, if you go through a hard, stressful time, that, that stuff can happen. But first, there's a shock about it. I don't care what kind of cancer you got. If you got a cancer, it's it's pretty scary. And then the next thing, uh, by having a support group around, you can talk to other people who have gone through it, and it pretty much comes down to looking back as, oh, this is what I need to do, right, Doc? Okay, what do we do next? And that's really pretty much what it is. I I went into a, a hormone therapy uh, to cut down um, uh, my testosterone, and I started that uh, about six months before before Medicare kicked in, and then I had radiation therapy. I was working out five days a week while I'm getting five days of radiation right up through the seventh week, and then I, I pooped out. I just couldn't do any more. I didn't work out for about a year. And now I'm working out five days a week. I'm not sure that I'm losing any weight, but I'm getting a real good appetite. <laughs> <laughs> so your energy's so, back. Yeah? Your energy's back? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I yeah. share with people, I know I've got this disease, and if there's some way that I could comfort someone that uh, that they're looking at, uh, you know, this situation, it'll actually be a, uh, well over a year from now before I actually know that the cancer has been completely eliminated, but I just hope that that's already happened. So, Right. That, yeah, thanks go. for telling us. Tell, what's, you know, what kind of spiritual practices or house prayer or whatever, what have you done as part of that uh, recovery part with the cancer, with your spirituality? Did you get mad at God well, about it? Most people do. Pretty Pretty much, you know, it's funny because uh, you know, sometimes I'm afflicted by some errant thoughts, <laughs> like we all are. And I had a fellow Welcome that was to the club to me there. And, said, uh-huh. <laughs> and my, so my so uh, this fellow I was asking you to be my sponsor. I said, "What should I do about that?" He said, "How's your conscious contact with God?" I said, "It's really great. I pray every night and I pray every morning." He says, "No." When you're having these errant thoughts, whether it's uh, morbidity or you're worried about your health or whatever, you know, if you take those moments instead of just going with that, if you'll just start praying at that moment, you'll override whatever that is. And that's really on a practical basis what I did, which was to, you know, when I was having uh, thoughts, morbid thoughts or whatever, then I would pray. And, and you know, third step prayer, seventh step prayer, the our Father, whatever, you know, but to do something to take my conscious contact with God and take it away from myself. Mm-hmm. And that worked. Mm-hmm. And it continues mm-hmm. to work. Right. So it sounds like working with your thoughts and, and uh, making being part of a support group with other people is, has been a really key in, in your recovery from the cancer. Well, part of, part of our, our group is that we have in speakers. In other words, they'll have an oncologist, uh, you know, a cancer doctor uh, working in radiation or someone else working in, uh, uh, there's like a robotic uh, a surgery. or There's different forms of things. Some work with cry, uh, cryo, which is you know, they freeze stuff. And so we'll have speakers come in once a month and have that meeting. And then other weeks, we uh, other months, we'd come in and just, discuss our situation so we go through how how and when we were diagnosed what kind of care we went through in terms of uh, you know that therapy that we went through whatever it was and then what we're doing now because this is really something we'll look at for the rest of our life we won't just go oh it's knocked out completely no it's something we'll keep an eye on for sure but um i trust whatever god's got for me it's going to be okay <laughs> right. You know, 
you know, a few yeah. years ago, I was on the top of my game in terms of my business. I was probably in the top 5% of wage earners in the state. The next year, my company sold, and I was on unemployment for a year and a half. Now, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty smart guy in business, you know, but ended up that's the path that happened for me. You know what? It didn't make any difference. Things just went along anyhow. It ended up that I that I was enrolled in a work source program where I went to college one day a week and and studied about building a business and in fact we did that and that's uh, I sold half of that business at the first of the year my half of the business and I'm working for the company that I started and that's fine I'm working four hours a day and it seems like everything works out but that's just part of a. Uh, you know, letting go and letting God as opposed to, you know, worrying about this stuff all the time, whether, because I actually, what, what came out of the cancer was I, I, uh, I have a condition called cancer-related fatigue, which means it's kind of like you can sleep all you want, you just can't get rest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a long time I was, I was sleeping about 12 hours a day. As it is now, I work a half a day. I come home normally and sleep for a couple hours and then have dinner, you know. So that's what it is, and that's my life, <laughs> and it's okay. You know, I don't have to uh, want to run around like I did when I was 21, you know. Mm-hmm. This is what life looks like at age 66, and it's fine. Yeah, it's just, a lot I of thought. acceptance. I'm hearing that with you, and I hear a lot of joy in your voice, and uh, a lot of, like, you and God are okay, and... and <laughs> And it works. It's all working. Yeah, that's that- exactly right. I don't know. I I don't. I quit figuring it out. And I know that if I was in a position like this uh, a number of years ago, I'd I'd be worried worried sick. You know that that I was going to have enough money to take care of things. But it, it seems like it always worked out. I quit smoking five years ago. But I would say of today, I was if I was buying cigarettes, I'd still be buying my brand. <laughs> 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 Uh-huh. I'm a quitter. I quit smoking uh, some years ago, and I haven't had any repercussions from that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, life is good. Life is good. Right. If I've people got, were interested I've, in in finding out more about us too, how would they do that, Paul? How would they uh, contact well, us too? Uh, I, I know there's a national organization. I would just uh, plug in on a computer. U S T O O S two dot com and see what comes up out of that. I know we have a local chapter here in um, we have a local chapter here in Olympia. There's one in Shelton. There's one in Tacoma. But it's a national organization. They have uh, uh, like national uh, uh, speaking engagements, like like a jamboree or whatever, you know. But they have places where people can come to a convention, if you will. And so that organization exists. And uh, one of the things we're looking at is uh, there's actually going to be a survey what areas are being covered. In other words, where is us too available and where is it not available? And we're looking as an organization to fill that gap. So I would say, you know, go to the Internet and look up us too, U-S-T-O-O, and uh, you should find something there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when- nationally or locally. Great. When you're talking about it in the structure of, of the organization, there are a lot of similarities between that and Alcoholics Anonymous. What is it that you think makes those programs work well for people? Well, one of the things, first of all, it's an anonymous program. So if we go to a meeting and share about our lives, we can share intimate details and let them go. But we don't need to worry about that it's going to come back and bite us in the butt. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's an anonymous program. The other thing, and they don't uh, they don't speak of it th- this way, but I know that they're sharing their experience, strength, and their hope. You know that's what really comes down to. So uh, we're not there to badmouth doctors or systems or anything like that. We're actually there to support people to be able to. And I think uh, a lot of it's empowerment. When I go to a doctor and. and uh, and they say, well, I want to, he, he's talking about using, you know, either eliminating uh, a medication or adding one. I, I can know what he's talking about when I get there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that I can be interactive with my recovery in my body with my doctor as opposed to just 
you know, hoping I get something. You know what I'm saying? Right. It sounds like almost... There's a lot of empowerment that comes out of this, and I think that's helpful. Now, does every doctor like that? I don't know. I haven't had any yet that haven't. You know what I'm saying? Right. They just, they go, because for me, when I came out, I said, well, gee, you know, I could do brachytherapy. That's put seeds, these uh, radiated seeds. They do it one time. They put 20 or 30 of them in you, and it kills the kills all the cells, kills the cancer. I said, well, I could do that, but actually it was too late for that particular. There was, there it's is, time for uh, our break, so we're gonna, we'll be right back. Thanks oh. so much, Paul. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took time for prayer, contemplation, and conversation with God. This example of Jesus struggling to accept the path before him has inspired humanity through the ages, just as Jesus prepared himself for his final ordeal and ultimate triumph. I prepare myself for challenges with prayer. I affirm the aspects of my personal and spiritual nature that I want to express more fully. At the same time, I am fearless in examining the ways I do not yet apply those qualities in daily life. By staying prayed up, I make wise choices in all that I think, say, and do. Every challenge becomes an opportunity for new growth and transformation, and every blessing becomes a lesson in the power of prayer. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. What would a human life based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like. Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith or no faith at all to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Growing in Spirit, Opening the Heart. And my guest is Paul A. And Paul has almost 14 years of sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. He's got over a year of as a cancer survivor. And he has been telling us about this program uh, of support and recovery from cancer that he also participates in called Us Too. Paul is a person who really believes in being of service and developing um, his spiritual life. He's a unity student, and he's a person that takes action, and his life shows it. So, Paul, right before the break, you were uh, telling us a bit about how empowering us two is as as a person who is a cancer survivor. Um, We were talking a little bit about how uh, that type of group and Alcoholics Anonymous have some similarities, and you were talking about the empowerment what are any ways that you are of service um, in that us two group in that organization? How are you supporting other people? Paul, I think we may have lost him here for a moment. We'll get him back on the line. So, are we back? We'll get back with him. So. Uh, 
we're, we're getting Paul back on the line. I think we accidentally dropped him there. We'll get him right back. But um, Paul's been sharing with us a lot today about um, in his life as he has faced various challenges in his recovery, how he uh, keeps keeps coming back to his recovery programs and how he keeps in conscious contact with his higher power, how it is that when he's finding himself having um, thoughts that are leading him down a, a non-constructive path, that he takes the opportunity to get back on that path, to change his thoughts, to get back into that experience of uh, feeling God's love and presence, getting back into that place of knowing that um, if he lets go and lets God, that all is well. He told us about a, a really interesting experience. He's back, I believe. We got him back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm sorry. My telephone just went dead. It's a regular landline kind of a deal. But can you hear me now? Now I can hear you. Thanks for getting back. Sometimes that happens. We don't know yeah. why. It's a mystery. But we're glad you're back. <laughs> so, so we got you back. So yes. we were just I was just saying, how is it that you uh, are of service in us too? I know that service is an important part of um, recovery from addiction, and it's an important part of recovery from cancer. So how are you of service? Well, for me, I share at meetings, I share at AA meetings that this is something that I'm going through, and that uh, the incidence for men is like one out of six or one out of eight will get uh prostate cancer and so i share that so you know if there's 36 guys in the room six of us guys are going to get hit and so i share that as a way for people to come to me and be supported and uh, so far i've got one guy to come to a meeting with me just like i found out from jim at church that he's been active in this thing so yeah, it's, <laughs> we're not alone, you know, and we don't have to do this alone. And I think part of it is having another person who knows what you feel like and has been through the experience and is there to support you and love you as you go through your own experience. And then I think the other part of it is uh, it's kind of a mental thing, but, you know, saying that you get information so you can make decisions and you can participate in your recovery. I think that's important. That's empowering as well. So I see those two things. Right. That's great. I know earlier, uh, as we were talking today, Paul, you said that you saw the unity principles and the recovery principles working together. Give us some uh, examples of how that works for you, how you put them together. How's that work in your well, life? Well, in unity, you know, we see God in every one of us. I mean, that's a way of saying it. And I would say, you know, they, there's a, a line in As Bill Ceases where they talk to a Thai uh, Buddhist monk, and he says, I really like these 12 steps. If you would just put an extra O in there where you have God, you know, and there was just being good, you know, good, there's good. Or, or you could say there's good in each one of us. You could say God is in each one of us, and we recognize that. Or you could say at a meeting, you know, there's good in each one of us. Can you start to see that within yourself? And then I think, see, the deal is, as the result of doing the steps, you know, we have a spiritual experience, and that is that now we can be of service to other people. That's where the heart shows up, you know, when you can actually give back something that you've received. And you can be compassionate to someone else. You can listen to them. Uh, I know I was pretty messed up when I came in here, so I actually needed someone. I think it was Werner Erhard that says, two, it takes two beings to handle one mind. And I think that's true, <laughs> particularly when I came in, because I rationalized so much of my behavior in my life, you know, to go along with whatever would feed my addiction as opposed to, you know, now I'm on a new path. How do we go about this? So I'd ask a sponsor on a daily basis. I'd talk to my sponsor, and he'd say, okay, straighten out. Do you need to do this instead of that? So we had to actually act our way into a new way of being as opposed to just be, you know. Right. So I think that's, uh, I think that's helpful. Right, that focus a, on, on the good makes a big difference. Yes, on the good, the good or God in each one of us rather than, uh, you know, just being uh, morose or whatever, 
shameful, whatever, about the stuff in the past. I, it's just, you know, <laughs> no, matter what I, no matter what I do today, I cannot uh, build myself a better past. <laughs> it's what I got, you know? And it also, I, I would say that that past I needed to go through to get to where I am today. So that's all part of a blessing. I don't, I don't wish it on anybody. I don't expect anyone, and I wouldn't ask anyone to go through the same path that I went through, other than that the path can be, you know, you can get from one place to another. You can get, I would say, like you get to the other side of it when you're, you know, you're joyful about recovery and you're being of service to other people instead of just being a taker. Okay? Right. What, what would you... Um say to people that are new in recovery or new in unity, what would be advice you would give them or some words of wisdom? Well, I would say, uh, you know, if you're at a meeting, if you look for the similarities instead of, you know, trying to trying to uh, uh, put yourself away from the rest of the people, just start to look and see what's similar. And, and trust the process as opposed to, well, I didn't like that or those people are all messed up. Um, I think in unity that there's a, a welcoming and there's a, yeah, there's some new thought that goes into that. You know, it's not the same old thing that we've always, uh, you know, been trained to do. So there's some learning to be done there. But I think there's a lot of tolerance. I think there's a lot of love. I think there's a lot of... Uh, acceptance, you know, of people. And I think that's, I would say of the program, and I'd say the same thing of the church, is that there, there's just such an acceptance of people. We're not trying to, I, I even ran into some gal at the market. I said, geez, I haven't seen you for a while. Oh, I've been going to this other church. I said, great, we'll save a seat for you, you know. And that's really how it is. We don't say you have to be there every Sunday. If you need to go look at something else for a while, and then I saw her the next Sunday, so I thought that was pretty sweet. But it's, uh, you know, much more open. It's much more uh, self-generative. You know, we generate, uh, you know, our participation in the church and we and in our spirituality as opposed to, uh, you know, waiting for the grace of something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... I think that's kind of how it goes. Right. Yeah, that's powerful. Do you ever find any contradictions between uh, what you do in Unity and, and your recovery program or not? Well, you know, the only the only problem that I see, in, and this was most of this uh, uh, literature and stuff within the program was written back in 1939 and then into the 50s, and there was a lot of stuff going back and forth between uh, religion and and. Um, and spirituality, and I really think that uh, uh, both the church, the unity uh, principles, and uh, AA really have to do with spirituality as opposed to religion. Now, that's, I'm not saying that there aren't good people in religion. I don't mean to say that by any means, but I, I think when you have a personal responsibility in terms of your relationship with a higher power, that's, that starts to put you at cause, you know. That that puts you on the other side of things, and you're co-creating instead of waiting to see what you're going to get, you know. Mm-hmm. You, go, you go get it. <laughs> That's part of the deal. I, the other thing that, I, that I, I've seen, I don't, I don't say it within the, the program, but, you know, what you can conceive and believe in, you can achieve. I mean, that's pretty powerful. You know, you actually can create from... Uh, well, what I say is, you know, guys writing all these science fiction deals are creating a new reality. And you might say, well, gee, that's kind of weird, but it is, I think it's accurate that people will take the time to be able to create a new reality. Reality opens up space for stuff to happen. And I think that's, uh, I think that's true within uh, the Unity Church, that people actually create space for people to, to love and grow and, and be a part of a... Uh, the spiritual journey, and I think that's true of of twelve uh, step programs. We actually, because uh, we're working for a set of principles. You know, you take the alcohol out of the alcoholic, and what do you got? You got somebody that needs some work done. <laughs> you know, 
And so, you know, we foster that. We work with people to have them get through that stuff so they can actually see the good that they are and and, uh, see the difference that they can make, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like recovery is a gateway to real spiritual growth. I think so. I think so, and I never would have thought, I mean, how would you think, uh, you know, being so depleted, you know, would actually be an area, having gone through that, that actually, you know, builds a spiritual growth. But I I think... You know, until you hit bottom, until you're completely bankrupt of everything that you can do on your own, you know, and then you accept a higher power. You turn it over because there's no, there's no other uh, door on the end of the block. That's it, you know. So this is the opportunity to surrender, give up, and let go. And um, I would say go into a meeting. Uh, well, you know, our time's up, unfortunately. Oh, my golly. Thank you so much. You're just such a a great heart, a big heart. Thank you for sharing with us. It's been absolutely fabulous. I appreciate it. And I know people have uh, been touched. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. And and listeners, thank you for listening. And join us next week for another great show. My guest is going to be Bob Dickin. And the topic is Bridges of Spirit. And Bob's going to talk to us about how he builds connections between the treatment world, recovery world, and the world of religion and spirituality. Know that you're in my prayers. And God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Do you feel undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karin Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you. But God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Even if you're a seasoned spiritual student, even if you've been on a spiritual journey for a long time, how's your life working? Knowing spiritual principles isn't enough. We have to practice them every day. Join Rev. Ellen Devenport and co-host Laura Shepard 
on Absolute Living as they talk each week about putting principles into action in every decision we make. Are you searching for some levity and humor on your spiritual path? Then join us for Unity Happy Hour with your hosts, Reverend Ogan Holder and Ted Collins, Dean of Unity Institute and Vice President of Education and Retreats at Unity Village. Each week, Reverend Ogan and Dean Ted will have spirited, humorous, and somewhat irreverent discussions about current events, family, culture, and really anything under the sun, set against a backdrop of spirituality and personal growth. So bring your authentic self and join us Mondays at noon central right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. <laughs> 